0: Everyone and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Yes. What are we talking about today?
1: You know, I had a client um, ask me uh, a question. Um, the question was, "Why is it so hard for me to be honest with myself?" Oh. And I thought that was that was an interesting question you know um that that led to a really interesting conversation in therapy but i thought oh that's interesting cuz sometimes in therapy y- you can kind of fairly quickly dial in on a set of behaviors that are either causing or maintaining or exacerbating a problem good okay. and as you try to help the client understand how these how the landscape of their life is working with these behaviors and patterns in it um Sometimes there is this this real resistance to to really kind of dialing in on those things. Right. Um and and so when I was asked that question, I kind of immediately thought of these moments where it's just it it almost seems like the client does mm-hmm. not want to accept that 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 explanation mm-hmm. or that or that observation, let's say. Um even though you've laid it out with them fairly succinctly. Right. There, there seems to be sometimes this like I don't, well maybe it's this other thing too you know let's let's focus on okay
0: that. so I, w- I want to get into the specifics of this this client situation but first, <laughs> I think there's a uh, slightly conceptual <laughs> part of, of this conversation to be had, which is w- normally we, t- we talk about honesty in terms of two people communicating mm-hmm. which it is important because to state the obvious, I don't I don't know what you really think. all I know is what you tell me right right. Mm-hmm. Um so but there's this problem with just with the term being honest with yourself which is you by default you know what you think yeah. right so how can you can you really de- can you deceive yourself like is it how does yeah. it, does that make sense yeah, yeah well on what level does that make sense there's a lot
1: of literature about self-deception, which I always thought was an interesting term like you can really deceive yourself and and kind of uh, and and I would agree with you i don't I don't think it's entirely self deception or or mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a nice term that we use, honest with yourself, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it's one of those, um, I'm just going to lie to myself and I'll believe it ex- explicitly. Yeah, because obviously not, because you have a memory. You have a function of memory and you yeah. remember that
0: you thought yeah, X, exactly. and then even yeah. if you tell yourself why. So you know.
1: true self-deception I have. I, 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 I'll admit I'm not as well-read as I should be maybe about that, but it does, as I've the literature I have read, I'm kind of like, oh, we should call this a different thing.
0: yeah, so the question is, what do people mean when they say, Oh, that's a good question. I'm not being honest with myself. What does that actually mean?
1: I, I think that means they're they're really not accepting or or acting on the knowledge they have sometimes mm. about a problem. Um either they're avoiding that that issue or uh, they don't want to act on it. Seems mm-hmm. to be what I see a lot of when they say I'm not being honest
0: with myself. Yeah, the image in my head, whenever I hear that term, is always running away. Ah. Like I'm running away from something. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. something not that I'm not being honest about it, but I'm like... I'm avoiding something. I'm avoiding it. Yeah. Either by distracting myself from it or pretending that it's... Trying to, trying to pretend like it's not there, which almost... I don't know that that ever works.
1: Or I'm aware of that issue, but I keep doing the same thing anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so what was your, what was your client's what was the context for his comment about, or her? Was it him or her? Him, him.
1: Um, It it was demands um, for his kids or his spouse to do what he wanted them to do. And kind of coming to the realization that they don't have to do it. And that part part of the problem with the tension in the household was his resistance to acknowledging that they have rights too, and that they don't have to do everything he says. And, and he just, he didn't want to believe he was a part of the stress and, and mm. tension at home.
0: So when he said he wasn't being honest with himself, it was more use the term resistance. He was resistant yeah, to he, the idea that. Yeah.
1: Extremely resistant mm. and, and, and wanted to work on lots of other little targets before we really kind of looked at what he was doing in these situations mm-hmm. to kind of increase the level of tension. Oh, that's and, interesting. And so it was it was like, hey, I'd rather, how do I become more convincing? How do I communicate my point yeah. of view more effectively? How do I, instead of saying, wow, the my anger mm. and the way I react when I don't, when my expectations aren't met, is really causing the people around me mm-hmm. to want to push me away.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, okay, so that that's interesting because that's actually – the best case I can think of for um, not being honest with yourself really being a thing is, you, you remain willfully ignorant. So mm. you, you know there's something that mm-hmm. if you explored more, if you took the time to think through and, and question and explore yeah. more, you might learn something you didn't wanna learn. Mm. Therefore, I'm not gonna explore it. And that's, a, that's like a version of lying to yourself. Yeah. Right? Of being dishonest. There's oh. there's something there that could, there's information there that you're deliberately not right. going after. Which still
1: gives me that kind of image of running. It's like, I don't want to look at that. I know there's something in there. I don't know what it is exactly, but there, mm-hmm. there's something in there I don't want to confront.
0: Yeah, but for this guy, it was like, look, there's something going on within the dynamics of our family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's this sealed envelope yeah. that says, the you know, the answer is is in <laughs> right. there. right. And he's like, oh, sometimes Todd suggests that maybe I could be playing a role. I, I wonder if the, I wonder if that envelope's going to say that. Yeah. I better focus on how I can be more persuasive and, right. and get my kids to and do it. Deliver I want. my arguments yeah. better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he can, you can by avoiding it, you can, you can claim ignorance. Like, mm-hmm. well, I, just, you know, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It could be that it's all them, and it not could me be at all. Maybe. Right. But when you when you suspect there could be something in that envelope, and you deliberately don't. We'll go into it. Right. That's a kind of like self-deception.
1: Yeah, I think this comes out in lots of different ways with lots of different motives. I, I think some people aren't trying to necessarily avoid something. Sometimes we're just not aware. Like for example, um, when handling emotions, it, it, it's tough for people, and some people just aren't aware of the problem. Sometimes you know, I'm am avoiding X, Y, and Z. You know, i I avoid. Um, places where spiders might be and that seems really normal like hey nobody likes spiders nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be scared by that avoid that unpleasant emotion um but along the way it seems like they're they're not understanding or or not aware maybe of how that avoidant behavior problem is actually making their problem worse not better Mm -hmm. um and so that lack of awareness sometimes is is almost a form of self deception because you're practicing a behavior you know isn't working at some level, um, yet you're still going to do it. Maybe because you're completely aware. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a sealed
0: envelope you're not aware of. Um, but that seems to me that seems different than I'm not being honest with myself. Like I'm not. The interesting thing about I'm not being honest with myself is it implies a, a pretty good degree of self awareness like this yeah, guy by yeah. just by saying i'm not being honest with myself you're being you you know things you have yeah. information yeah right you you don't have full complete information but if it's a complete lack of self-awareness you you wouldn't even describe it as i'm not being honest with myself
1: i don't know because i've had clients say um things like you know a- after kind of getting getting probably well through therapy some some of my clients have said you know, I, I wish I had just sat down and thought about this, like how this was affecting me, mm-hmm. how my my behavior was actually playing out, how it was being viewed by others, how, and, and it's not that they didn't want to, it's just they didn't know how to do that necessarily, mm-hmm. or didn't take the time. Some people would just say I didn't take the time to think about how my anger might have been affecting my spouse, or I didn't, I didn't even take the time to think about how avoiding going to work all day was gonna make my problems worse with depression, not better. Yeah. Um, And it it seems kind of somewhat obvious by the time they're kind of through therapy. Uh, But some of them have said, like, man, I wish I would have just kind of sat down with, you know, and and been honest with myself and said, like, look, this isn't working.
0: But But are they they only saying that because now they have hindsight?
1: Could be. Could be. I'll admit that. I'll admit that. Yeah, could be. But that phrase comes out there
0: a lot. Yeah. It could be, too, though, that one area where I see where this phrase comes up a lot, I think, is when people are faced with a dilemma, they're at a fork in the road and one fork is going downhill and one fork is going uphill Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and on their way down the downhill path, they think "Mm, maybe I'm not being honest with myself about why I chose this path. (laughs) Right. Like my, what I told my hiking buddy was, you know, the view down this path is, is awesome and that's why we should take this path. Right. Right. Um, but in, in reality, I know that I have panic attacks, and if I go uphill, I'm worried that my heart rate's going to get too high and I'm going to have a panic attack. Right. right. And so they're, they're not being honest with themselves about the, the real motivations for what they're doing. It's, it's con- they're kind of confused or they're keeping things sort of muddled out of fear.
1: Yeah, the motivation for the choice becomes a little unclear at that point. Am I avoiding because I'm worried about panic? Or is this Mm -hmm. trail really okay?
0: Um, But there's a lot of Mm self-convincing that one... Rationalizing. Yeah, it's because of the view on this one. Yeah. Like, that's why. Even though there's a little voice in the back of their head that's like, you're just avoiding the anxiety. Yeah. You you just don't want to do that thing. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think think fear is a a big motivator mm -hmm. for lack of self-honesty. And and I know
1: we've talked a lot about assertiveness, but that's kind of... um, Part of the problem, I think, sometimes we trade kind of long-term happiness for short-term gain, you know, and, or and, just relief, and that might be, yeah. And the hiking example fits that because it's like, ooh, I don't, you know, the view from the top of the mountain's great, but mm-hmm. that's going to be panic-ridden the whole way, and yeah. I'd rather just do this one. Oh, this view's better. Yeah, this yeah. is fine. So, better, so yeah. in the short term, we can kind of make those choices based on our comfort rather than what we really want, mm-hmm. and that's a, I think, a form of self-deception. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The other one too is I think outside of fear, it can all just those just be effort. Like some stuff's just harder. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we're by nature. I'm not going to say we're lazy, but we want to conserve energy. <laughs> it's <laughs> sort of our default. <laughs> don't expend more energy than you than you sure. need to. Sure. Right. Well, and, and hard um, things are
1: hard. Like you just don't want to. Yeah.
0: That, so it's easy yeah. to fall into the trap of convincing yourself of. Option B, being okay. which just happens to be the easier one. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be just right, good it'll or, just be fine. Yeah. So I think r- rationalizing is a form of self-deception. Oh yeah, I think when when people talk about I'm not being honest with myself, it's very very common to find rationalization going on. Yeah, and so working backwards, if you're rationalizing with yourself a lot, there's a good chance maybe you're not being totally totally honest with yourself. Yeah, I would agree with right? that. Right, if you're if you seem to be constructing somewhat disingenuous arguments to yeah. get yourself to take a certain path. That could be a sign that there's, there's that envelope on the counter that you don't really want to know what's inside. Or
1: if you're just constantly switching a goal based on resistance. You know, if you kind of set a goal, and then when it gets hard, you create a different goal. That, that could be, not
0: necessarily. Oh, yeah.
1: But it could be a sign, like, mm-hmm. mm, why did our goal shift all of a
0: sudden? Yeah. I've, I've always wanted, long wanted long. to write a novel. Well, actually, you know what? I want to write a self-help book. Yeah, actually, you know what? Short stories are really short stories. Where it's
1: at, yeah.
0: Epic poetry—that's what I'm going for this year. <laughs> you, <go>. you know, <laughs>
1: uh, a letter to my aunt. Right. At Christmas. That'll be good enough. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, I would. I would question that person's honesty with themselves. With themselves. Yeah. If we went from writing the novel, which they'd had a goal of maybe for years, mm-hmm. to ah, this is good enough, you would kind of wonder. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it, necessarily. I mean, sometimes you switch your goals up. It's fine. Right, but it, it could mean that rationalization's going on,
0: yeah, and I think this is this is not tied to any particular psychopathology. This no. is something we all no, no, do no, no. Yeah, constantly, constantly I think yeah. with ourselves um, but what what are the characteristics of people who do it less who
1: rationalize less
0: no, who are more who so maybe some people struggle more with being honest with themselves mm. and some people struggle less, given that we all do it to some degree how if you want to be less? self-deceptive? Like, what are, what do you do? Well, I think you, first of all, you require
1: some kind of insight or some kind of self-awareness. You know, if you're going to start thinking about your own behavior.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to take it as axiomatic that if you're asking, hmm, am I not being honest with myself? There's your awareness. You're clued into the fact that it's, I don't think, if you're asking the question, you're, You've got some awareness, some awareness. There, right? Okay, so um,
1: we've got some self-awareness.
0: Yeah, that you're maybe not being honest with yourself, mm-hmm. um, and that maybe it's not just an isolated one-off thing.
1: Wait, but your question was: What's the difference between people who? Are
0: honest, more yeah. honest with themselves. The more, if I'm asking that question, I, you know, I think I'm not. I'm often not very honest with myself. Actually, mm. well, one of the ways to work on that would be: well, what do people do who are pretty honest with themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. what well, do they do differently? What would you say? <laughs> I'm asking you questions, stuff. So. <laughs> um, the The first one would be: well, I mm, I, I think the uh, the rationalization thing is a big flag like people um how how aware are you of that? Cuz yeah. I think if you're aware of yourself rationalizing, you can that's a big clue. Yeah. And you can not go down that path. It's easier to not go down that path if you can catch it like it's an early warning sign. Yeah. If you find yourself rationalizing a lot, totally. like if you and and it doesn't have to be internal, it can be specific, it can be external, like if you notice in conversations that you're like kind of over justifying things and over explaining things and right. And then those, when you notice those, those would cue you into the areas of your life where you tend to do it more so that you can be more focused and targeted. Yeah. So then you can hone in on like, well, you know, like at home and with my friends, I don't do it a lot, but at work, I seem to do this with my coworkers all the time. Yeah. Like what's up with that? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I feel the need to sort of rationalize something to myself or justify it to other people or, um, I like
1: that. I like the rationalization or justifying. That 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 could be that giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, something I thought of is if you're kind of attempting to do the same thing over and over and over again and getting nowhere, you might want to be honest with yourself and kind of look at what's going on. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of people who are like, "I gotta get to the gym. I gotta get to the gym. I gotta get to the gym." And oh. and then you think, "Well, okay, you're not though. And so why is that? What? Let's and without judgment, mm-hmm. let's just look at what's happening." You know, at this at this point in time where you've selected to go to the gym, what happens? And, and be honest with yourself and say, man, you know, by the time I get home, I am exhausted. And so maybe mm-hmm. I've got to put my work out at a different time or maybe I have to do X, Y. Or. But be honest with yourself and, and, and don't just pack your gym bag every day and leave it All in right. the back of your car every day. <laughs> like there I would say, well, you're probably not being real honest with yourself.
0: Oh, that's a good technique to have your gym bag packed in in the car before you go. Um, So I think a a common pitfall with this stuff is people maybe assume that if they're going to explore and investigate what they really want or why they're really afraid of going down a certain path, Mm -hmm. that means that all of a sudden they have to do something very differently. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that can be helpful is to just tell yourself – okay, I'm going to explore this and mm-hmm. I'm going to think about it, but I'm not committing to do anything yeah. differently. Yeah. I'm just going to look at it yep. first. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to punt, I'm going to defer on whether I actually have to do anything differently. Right. And I think that can relieve a lot of pressure that allows you to do that first step of just exploring and trying to understand. Yeah. And then often what, I, what I've found, both myself and with clients, is it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. You mm-hmm. open the envelope and you're like, oh yeah, okay, like... I do tend to kind of bark orders when I first get home from work and my mm-hmm. kids and my wife kind of recoil from that. Mm-hmm. But is it, I, I guess, if I'm honest with myself, okay, yeah, I, th- I think I do tend to do that a lot. How hard would it be to not do that for 20 minutes? First thing when I get home from work. Like it's it's not that terrible if oftentimes. Yeah, 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 if I if I look into it. But, but I think to get the freedom to do that, it helps to separate the, Commitment part of it from the exploration. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I, well, and with the gym bag example, it, it, it's, 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 um, I've, I've assigned homework like pack that bag with the intent of going and then don't go, but just see what happens as you leave work and you get in your car and you look at your gym bag and mm. you think about that. The goal is not to get a gym, the goal is to kind yeah. of get in that moment and see where your mind goes, see how you feel, see what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you go to the gym or not, who cares, Mm. but just explore that moment. Let's just be really upfront with what's going on in that moment.
0: Like be be a detective, not a judge. Yeah. Like just try and understand without passing judgment Uh, on.
1: And that's kind of why I think it's it's a little self-deceptive to kind of repeatedly engage in a pattern over and over that you know isn't working. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the part where it's like, well, you know, that's not working. Right. And it, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean you're lazy. There's something going on in there, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because when my clients use those kind of labels, it's, it's it, as a therapist, you, right away, you're just going to ask a lot of questions about that.
0: Because, oh, they're saying that they're well, dumb or that they're lazy. And this
1: is a soapbox thing, but there's just no clinical utility in someone saying, well, whatever that, I'm just dumb. It's like wait, wait a minute! You're just going to throw that onto the pile of evidence that says you're dumb, but you don't know what's in there. You don't know what you were responding to, what emotion, thought. Well, so, you know, w- here's
0: the utility: it gets you out of the potential fear that you would experience if you actually explored why you're not working out there consistently. You there you go. But it's not a good reason, but yeah, but, but or not a helpful reason, <laughs> there but there <laughs> there's a reason. It is a yeah. reason.
1: But it, it is funny to see how many kind of criticism people will have, and to sum up an entire psychological or emotional process, I'm just Mm dumb. It's like, wait a minute, we don't know what happened in that moment. We have no idea. Um, Yeah, but I think when when people engage in patterns repeatedly, you kind of wonder like, "Mm, I don't know if you're really exploring that issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or maybe they're avoiding it for whatever reason, but yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes I think uh, on a pretty high level, a lot of therapy, and I think this would surprise a lot of people, um, it's it's not about... um, Advice giving, or motivating, or even teaching, to a large extent, it's just about helping people be curious about mm-hmm. themselves, yeah, and their world, and, and yeah. what's going on.
1: I, I kind of think that is our job. How can I help you be more curious about, yeah. and less judgmental, and more curious about this?
0: But interesting that curiosity is not a topic that I don't know didn't come up in my training to be a psychologist at all. Yeah, right. Like people don't talk about that. Feeding very curiosity, much. or yeah, um, but I think that's a huge part of if therapy is effective, that's what one of the big changes that happens is people stop being so moralistic with themselves mm-hmm. and just get a little more curious. Yeah. Um, and then, and then once, because once you kind of see things, once you see patterns and you kind of understand on a deeper level what's going on, often the, the thing that seems like an insurmountable task is still hard, but it's not as bleak as it seems when you have no information at all.
1: Yeah. Well, and you see this as people approach challenges. There's this like initial freak out period when the challenge kind of first surfaces. I'm thinking of like maybe a divorce, right? Okay. Um, wife comes home, tells husband I want a divorce, husband freaks out, he's, mm-hmm. in, he's in my office and he's, and he's panicked. You know, I can't, I, I, what's gonna happen to our kids and what's gonna happen to our finances and what's gonna, um, and it's brutal, you know? Um, and then as soon as you know a week or two has gone by and they've talked to an attorney or they've talked to their spouse about what they see as far as custody and they, mm-hmm. they start to kind of outline a rough guess of what's going to happen, then they're a lot calmer. But that initial freak-out period is pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't allow for a lot of good processing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing is that change is just hard. And, and I think sometimes people, when they when they start approaching change and they realize this is going to take some effort on my part, I, I think it's only natural to say, oh man, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, some things are just tough and, and I can see why people maybe, um, are a little bit dishonest with themselves in those moments where the challenge just seems pretty brutal. Mm hmm. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. And I think, I mean, it's hard I to be know, judgmental
1: the, about a client who's really struggling and, and avoiding. It's just, Oh it's just, sure. Yeah, we all do it all like, the time. Man, I get it. Like, yeah.
0: The, the part about change though is interesting and I, I I wanna say this in a way that's at least semi-tactful, but (laughs) change, people take it as a truism that change is always hard, Mm. but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I wouldn't say always. I think it's often hard, but I don't think it has to be. I think a a lot of things that involve big major changes, um, they, they are difficult and they are difficult for a lot of people, but I don't know that that is intrinsic to change itself. I think that has more to do with maybe how we how we look at change or what we do in anticipation of change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or what our models for change are in our background right i mean there in a lot of ways change is super exciting and fun and it can be it can be right it can be. and and even change that's really hard like a major like like the loss of a loved one or divorce or something like that um you you often like I often hear people on the other end of it who will say things like, "Yes, it was hard, but I wish if if I if I had known then what I know now and I could see the big picture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it would I would not describe the change as this terrifying ordeal. Yeah. Yes, it would be it would be difficult, um, but not something to be like feared necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I, I always like to push back a little on the, on the the implication that change is always hard. Because I think that's sort of a self-defeating mindset. If you go into changes with the idea that change is always hard, mm-hmm. you're, you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: I wouldn't say always. I, th- I, th- I think I, I just have a real healthy respect for the difficulty sometimes in changing a pattern. You know, and that, and that can be tough. So, you know, you're, you're in, a, in a relationship that you've been in for a long time, it's miserable. You know, telling that person I'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore. That can be pretty tough. You know that's a tough thing to say to someone, um, and and while it's maybe definitely worth it on down the line, the client might even look back mm-hmm. and say, "Wow, that wasn't that hard." And and from the position they're usually at, starting a new course of behavior could be could be hard. Yeah, could be tough. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be. And and I've seen a lot of clients um, improve drastically over small changes that were <laughs> right. fairly easy
0: too. So you're right. But I think people's uh, the technical term would be meta beliefs about change, mm-hmm. are are um, super important and not thought sure. enough about. Yeah, like I think we, like a common example I see a lot is is the idea that there's this idea out there that that marriage is hard, mm-hmm. and it's inevitable that it's kind of like you got to work really hard it's at tough. your marriage and it's yeah. tough and yeah. like you got to be strong and like you're gonna have fights and you got to really like. And I, I mean, yes, there are challenges associated with marriage. Some a lot more than others. Um, but I, I worry that that, that that at, when that's our default, we in part we end up creating that reality. Yeah. You end up, for instance, you end up picking a partner who is kind of hard to get along with because you think, well, this is normal. Like, this is how it goes. Marriage is hard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it like. So that's just that's just an example, but the no, broader agree. idea of change. I I would just I think it's worth thinking more about how inevitable your picture of change really is. Like where is the difficulty, mm. um, and and to be careful about uh, projecting more onto change than than you have information or evidence for.
1: Yeah, or or like you said, kind of creating that self fulfilling prophecy where. You just think change is hard, so you make it hard every time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that would be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.